and welcome to Not Everyone's Cup of Tea, where typically we provide you with social commentary and public service announcements from unqualified experts on the questionable behavior of jerks. But today we're going to keep it kind of light and just talk about Christmas. We all know when it's that time of year and we start hearing the jingle bells of Mariah Carey. But yeah, I have an issue with Christmas music and Christmas things and all this happening too early. Now, if you've ever had to work in the mall or in any customer service outlet before, you know that it is just nonstop until it sucks the soul out of you Christmas music 24-7. Now, I'm just, I'm not cool with that because then I'm over it by the time Christmas happens. I am not about Christmas music until like 10 minutes before Christmas. So here we are. It's Wednesday, December 22nd. I don't know why I said Wednesday. That has nothing to do with it. But December 22nd, and I am all for some Christmas music right now. And Christmas movies, just Christmas sweaters, everything. So, you know, it's not that I hate it. I just hate it like in November and I hate it like right at the beginning of December. But anyway, I'm rambling now, but you know, we just wanted to start talking about some Christmas music. There's, you know, our best, our worst, just weird ones that we don't really understand. So I would like to start off with one song that has been a little bit controversial in recent years. Baby, it's cold outside. Now, I get it. I get why people are saying that it might be kind of rapey because the girl's like, I really should go. And he's like, no, you should stay. And like, I get that no means no. And don't get me wrong. I am not arguing about that. But I don't think the song was about like peer pressure and date rape. I'm pretty sure it came from a different time when it was like super taboo for a woman to just spend the night at a man's house. So she couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm an independent woman. I'm going to sleep over. Nobody gives a shit because everybody gave shit. So she had to be coerced in a way. And I'm doing finger quotes like anybody can see me. She had to be somewhat coerced. So she had to say, oh, oh, the the weather's really bad. There's really bad snowstorm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I really shouldn't go outside. I don't really think it's as bad. I think it's just, you know, from a different time where women weren't allowed to just do that. I feel like the walk of shame would have been so much more shameful. Even in the song, she says she says something about like, my, my sister's going to be waiting at the door, but God, your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. So... She's not saying that like she doesn't want to bang this dude. She's just saying that like she doesn't want to deal with all the social backlash with having spent the night at his house. So like, oh, okay, it's a snowstorm. Whoopsie, I guess I have to stay here. Anyway, Shannon, what do you think about this song? I don't understand why it's played with Christmas music. Just because it's a winter setting? I mean, I... I enjoy the back and forth about the song. I also see kind of the uh, coercion vibes to it. I like what you're saying about it because really it's just a woman saying, dude, I want to hang out with you, but there's, is it worth it? But my big question about it is what's this got to do with Christmas? 
That's a really good point, and I never thought about that before because I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and it's a lot about like cold ice, blizzard, uh, warm drinks, and I feel like that could happen any time between November and March, depending on where you live. Yeah, it's a winter song, not a Christmas song. You're absolutely right. So should we just strike this from the record altogether? Should we strike it? No, because I mean, a bunch of the lines are funny to me. Oh, absolutely. Okay. The so- neighbors might stare. Ew, fuck the neighbors. <laughs> I hate neighbors. Except, no, I have a dog that lives next Dogs, door. Yep. He's fantastic. But okay, so talking about ridiculous songs. There, okay, this one I feel like didn't really get the controversy that I really think it should have. Okay, now Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh my God. I think that's a PSA for drunk driving. I think it was like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. They probably put this song out. Okay, so uh, walking home from our house, like, so they said she forgot her medication and she staggered out the door into the snow. She'd been drinking too much eggnog. First of all, guys, why the hell did you let grandma just walk home alone after she's all drunk and hasn't taken her medication? Call her an Uber. Somebody give her a ride home. Put out an air mattress for her. Anything. Why would you just let her wander out into the street? That's my biggest problem. Like, there is so much culpability here, and it is not on grandma. Yeah. Grandpa, manage your woman. It's Okay, so I pulled up the lyrics on this one, too. Now, we're all so proud of grandpa. He's been taking this so well. Seen him in there watching football, drinking beer, and playing cards with Cousin Mel. Okay, so it sounds like grandpa doesn't give a fuck. Kind of starting to think grandpa might have set this up. And if you've had the pleasure of watching the video, Cousin Mel, I believe, is a young buxom lady. All right. So this song is just all fucked up. So then it goes on to pretty much blaming Santa and how they should never give a license to a man that drives a sleigh and plays with elves. I'm not sure that it's necessarily Santa's fault because he does have like all the sleigh bells and he's got that like bright red headlight on Rudolph. So like, how does she not see this coming? What I would like to go back to is one of the lyrics where they start talking about whether they should open up her presents or give them back. To who? To who? What does that even mean? I got nothing. And you know what? I hate my grandma, and I still think this song is fucked up. (laughs) Shannon just put me onto another song that I'm pretty sure is the sequel to Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and it's called Grandpa's Gonna Sue the Pants Off of Santa, and basically saying that it's all Santa's fault. So now that just listening to this definitely solidifies my theory that grandpa set this up. He's trying to collect some kind of insurance money or something because they even say he's like sitting home during the day and he's watching those commercials that come on during Judge Judy for like the ambulance chasing lawyers. Grandpa is suspect. I'm sorry. Okay. And what happens to Santa? Like, let's say he gets a sympathetic jury if this goes to trial. Uh, Does Santa go to jail? What happens to Christmas? So you weren't watching out for your wife. Your entire shitbag family was like, bye, grandma, figure it out. And now no one gets Christmas? What jury would convict Santa? Okay, when you say it like that, it sounds obvious. 
But I mean, lawyers are good at their jobs, right? Do they have to prove that Santa was gunning for grandma? Or do they just have to prove that Santa maybe just wasn't entirely paying attention? Okay, what lawyer would take that case? Oh, I guess those, yeah, we already answered that question. Um, maybe someone holding a grudge that didn't get a toy they wanted oh. when they were little. And they've just been like itching for the day they could take down Santa. I feel like that's the premise for like half of the Christmas movies. Someone hates Santa because there was a miscommunication 35 years ago. So another song that I've taken issue to recently is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So I'm listening to it the other day at work and I kind of thought, you know what? There's got to be more to this story because I don't really believe that just all the other reindeer were all dicks to him and then Rudolph had nothing to do with it. Like I could see like a couple reindeer bullies But if they're all dicks and you're just like the innocent victim, there's something you're not telling me. Especially, you're also going to tell me that they were just all fair weather friends and all of a sudden they're proud of you because you did something. It was more like Rudolph was an entitled little prick and acted like he was better than everybody else. So they were like, whatever, you fucking snitch. We're not going to invite you to play reindeer games. Like, you're always just like red-nosing Santa anyway. So... (laughs) Yeah, I said that. (laughs) But so then all of a sudden, like, Rudolph gets off his ass and actually does something. And then the other reindeer are like, okay, cool. All right. We can fucks with you. I don't think that he's the victim. I think that Rudolph might have been kind of a prick. What do you think, Shannon? Okay. While you're telling this story, all I can think of is that, like, 60s, was it a cartoon or was it claymation or stop? Motion or something. Isn't stop motion like South Park kind of? So I think I think the one you're thinking of is claymation. Okay. Well that's playing in my head. And while that's playing in my head, I'm also hearing DMX's version of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. So I really can't exactly form an opinion because I'm, you know, all over the place. And if you haven't heard, now obviously Aaron has Obviously, because n- now that now that you're saying that, I'm like, why did I even bother talking to her about Rudolph and expect her to not picture? Yeah, I'm super distracted. Yeah, that's my own fault. If you haven't heard DMX singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to pause us right now and go listen to it and come back. We're going to get into Christmas movies, but there's a few songs that are just directly from Christmas movies. and. Not even directly. I'm lying. Like that one song, Jingle Bell Rock, that now you just think of Mean Girls and what's her name? Leslie Nope, like holding up the camera. I'm a cool mom. Oh, <laughs> And obviously that song is not from that movie, but like that song is from that movie. Okay. So what about that? Uh, I think it's actually also Brenda Lee, the rocking around the Christmas tree. If it does not elicit memories of Kevin McAllister dancing with Michael Jordan and like the cardboard cutout, and I'm doing that dance right now, like anybody can fucking see me, but you know the dance. And you've got string tied to you. Yeah. And he's trying to make it look like there's a big party in the house so the wet bandits don't come and rob the place. But yeah, if you can hear that song and think of anything else, that like, you're too old for me. (laughs) (laughs) A movie. Oh, by the way, wham, the 
Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart. Did anybody see that movie last Christmas? By anybody, I mean Shannon. I don't know why I said that like that. Shannon, did you see that movie last Christmas? I did not. Okay, so it was Daenerys Targaryen. And she she plays... Oh, is she like dying or something? No. Well, she was dying last Christmas. And she got like a heart transplant. And so this Christmas, she's like living her life and doing her thing. And everyone in her family is like, why aren't you being safer? And you're like, ew, what are these people's problems? But you don't figure it out until the end of the movie. So she's hanging out with, um, who was that guy uh, from The Gentleman? The one that was like going to kill uh, Matthew McConaughey's wife. And then she's like, oh, hey, baby. What was his name? But it's that guy. And so he's, like, hanging out with the girl who plays Daenerys, and she's, like, I don't know, she works at a shop, and she dresses like an elf. I don't know. It's, like, Christmas tree shop or something, but in London, so it's fancier. And so you think that they're, like, falling in love. This is, like, a regular love story, but then, spoiler alert, it gets fucking weird once you realize that he's a complete figment of her imagination, and he's just the ghost of the guy who died in an accident and donated his heart to her. So last year she had to have a heart transplant. And that's why everyone in her family is like, you should be more careful because like you just had this crazy surgery. So it gets like really fucked up and sad. And it's like literally last Christmas, I gave you my heart and then Ruined the entire fucking song for me. Now, anytime I hear it, like there is no amount of George Michael that can make that song happy for me again. I I don't even know where to start with this. Did you figure out the guy's name? Uh, Maybe it wasn't the guy. Maybe. Oh, shit. Maybe it was just a different Asian dude and I'm just a racist. Henry Golding? Yes. That dude. Henry Golding. Yeah, yeah. That's his name. He's Tom. And he was in The Gentleman. He was Dry Eye. And he was also in Crazy Rich Asians. So I was totally right. I am not I'm a racist. Not racist. <laughs> the movie is actually <laughs> called Asians. So it's not just me. Okay. All right. So yeah. So no amount of George Michael will save that song for me because that it's, it's got to be like, maybe this is why nobody's seen this movie, because it's depressing as shit. It's not like every other lighthearted, meet cute, like save the day Christmas movie. It is bullshit. It will make you cry and not even in like a sentimental kind of holiday way. And like, a that is not where I thought this movie was going kind of way. And you know, you don't need to see it because I already ruined the end. Fuck it. Oh, see, that is not how I took it at all. Like, I thought this was, I I, I felt like she had some medical issue and her family didn't approve of her hanging out with someone because she was like so delicate. So I thought maybe this was going to be her last Christmas. You know what I mean? Like a six months to live type situation? Yes, I could totally see why you would think that. But there was a totally different reason why your family wasn't cool about it. Because he was imaginary and she already had heart surgery. So she had heart surgery and then a psychotic break? 
Uh, no, no, no. She was just like, well, she wasn't like appreciating the gift that he gave her. So he came to like visit her as a ghost to like remind her that life was delicate and that like he died so that she could live again or some bullshit. I don't know. So I don't think she had a psychotic break. I think we had like a, it was like a, a you know, very uh, Dickensian. What sucks is that now I have to watch this movie. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. It's all right. I mean, I made it sound so great. It's it's almost like we have to hate watch it now. All right. So on to other Christmas music slash Christmas movies. Let's talk about The Grinch. Now, I know <laughs> I saw this meme recently that said, well, maybe The Grinch wouldn't be such an asshole if there wasn't some guy in the background just singing about what a piece of shit he was every five minutes. Yeah, or what if maybe all the townspeople garbage wasn't rocketed right to where he lived? Yeah, and you know, I brought this up to mom, and mom was like, well, wasn't he bullied and picked on? I was like, hold on, mom, you're getting ahead of yourself, because it was only in the Jim Carrey remake where we got the Grinch's origin story and found out that like all the Who's Down in Whoville were like big dicks to him when he was a kid. So that's when you start to like kind of feel for him. But in the OG, like the uh, 1964 or whatever that came out, there was no exposition of who the Grinch was. They were just like, look at this asshole on a mountain. Time out, though, because I know we've talked about the lyrics. And don't they call him a sinful sot at one point? Yeah, so he's he's just some dude who's like, you know what? Y'all are way too cheery. I'm just going to drink. In my cave with my dog. Leave me alone. The first time I noticed that they called him a sot was probably like two years into my sobriety, if that. And I'm all like reading the big book and all the old timey language. And, you know, they say sot in it. And that's what I was like, wait, the Grinch is an alcoholic? Well, then maybe this is a metaphor of like the Grinch. He has this, this spiritual awakening you know, when he's like going down the mountain, when he realizes that Christmas comes without ribbons and boxes and bags or whatever, once they re- once he realizes that that's not what Christmas is about, he has this spiritual awakening. And then he makes a direct amends to all the who's down in Whoville that he had hurt previously. So it's almost like the Grinch is working out the steps and like you see him at his rock bottom when he ro- tries to steal Christmas. And then by the end of it, like he has made amends and now he's passing on the cheer of Christmas to other who's. But then again, I was like new in sobriety and that's like a pink cloud. And I thought everything was a metaphor for being an alcoholic. So I don't know. I might be onto something. I've had this theory for a few years now. It hasn't caught on at all. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe this is the right forum. I mean, maybe. But really, like... So they show the Grinch and he basically, they're like x-raying his heart. He basically has like a cardiac pulmonary or whatever the hell it's called. Like he has like a serious heart condition, guys, and his heart explodes. And then what do you do? You feed him roast beast. Like somebody should have called 911. Like the Grinch is not okay. And granted, he was the like a next level hater. He still is a human being and probably should have gotten some medical attention. Yeah, I wonder if there was some, um, maybe some altitude sickness involved as well. 
<laughs> what did I say it was? It was like a cardiac pulmonary. I'm pretty sure I just made that up. Katie's going to call me. Or she's going to like send me a link and tell me exactly what the diagnosis was right. and why I was wrong. And she's going <laughs> to... She's gonna send have like oh my god I'm in for a lecture. As soon as I'm sorry, that, Katie. I was like oh Katie's gonna rip that one apart. Oh yes, she is. All right, Katie, please comment. Can you just let all our listeners know what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> now that we're talking about Christmas movies, I loved the original Grinch. So it took me a while when they remade it with Jim Carrey. I was not feeling it. Like kind of the way, like when they remade Buffy the Vampire Slayer into a TV show, I was not having it. I was all about the OG shit. So it took me a while to come around for Jim Carrey Grinch. And now I'm all for it. But I think the sleeper might've been the newest Grinch, the cartoon full movie length one. Cause I'm just going to say it. It had a dope soundtrack. Okay. It's like Tyler, the creator, and Brockhampton. There's like cool songs in it. And I mean, I don't know. It was, did you see it yet, dude? I did. Actually, that one grew on me. I feel like we went to see it in the theater because it was age appropriate. And yeah, I always compared it to the original because, you know, that's what I grew up on. I was like, no, I like the grimy old mean one. I don't need all this like, why are we focusing on the who's? But yeah, I, that little like blonde girl kind of got on my nerves, but she was a little too happy. Like I, I, you, you want the Grinch cause you want to identify with that kind of being anti Christmas cheer situation. She was a little too fucking happy with her pigtails and her sled. And it was just a bit much. I think what made it grow on me, I mean, obviously Kenan Thompson plays the voice of one of the characters so he could bring it around. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's like the the weird neighbor guy. Yeah. Okay. But also, I really do find it endearing that... Okay, so in the original, Cindy Lou Who did something small that made the Grinch turn around, right? Oh, no, no, no. Cindy Lou Who was the one that was like, Santa Claus... Why are you taking our tree? And he says, there's a bulb that won't light right on one side. And I'm going to fix it up there and bring it back here. And that was it. She didn't, she wasn't like a big player in the movie. Oh, okay. It was in the Jim Carrey one that she had like a full role, which by the way, didn't even see that one until after Gossip Girl came out. So I was like, oh my God, Cindy Lou Who is Little Jay. But then when Gossip Girl came out, everybody was like, Little Jay is Cindy Lou Who. And I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. But not the point. Go on. I also don't. Um, Okay. So (laughs) I remember from the cartoon that Cindy Lou Who did something that started the pivot for the Grinch. I'm not sure that that's correct. Not in the original. What I'm saying is she may not have done something directly to affect him, but there was something about her presence that started him to come around. You'll concede to that? I don't know. No, because I think that it was once he got back up to like Who Mountain or whatever the fuck, and then he heard the song. And that's when he was like, oh, my God, wait a second. It's Christmas still came. And he wasn't anywhere near the Who's when he realized that it happened. Okay, but you don't think there's anything about having like an actual interaction with a Who child that would like 
seeing that who child and then being up on his mountain all like cranky and grubby and having stolen all their stuff and still hearing them being happy and celebrating don't you think that maybe that's who he imagined you know what i think this exact point is why they decided to elaborate and make a full feature film because there were so many missing pieces yeah i mean i feel like they only gave him half an hour in the 60s so i get it well, I mean, yeah, but that, I mean, shit, movies are going to go back to half an hour soon anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm sure if we really dissected the Grinch, but they didn't show that in like the original 30 minute one. So I mean, maybe, maybe they did in the second and third one. And I'm sure if when the Grinch sits down with his sponsor to write out the steps, I'm sure that what you said is totally true when he's going to dissect that spiritual awakening a little bit more. But I don't think that they showed it in that original cartoon. Okay. Well, where I was going was that I'm surprised, you know, this newest version, I find it endearing that you assume and the Grinch assumes this entire time that, the main character is just trying to get Santa's attention because she's asking for a toy, but she's not, she's asking for help for her mom, you know? And I just, I, I find that really sweet. And I think that's a really nice message. Oh, so you're saying, so with this one, Cindy Lou who, and her act of selflessness is what tipped the Grinch over in the newest one. And I guess maybe because that's how I see it, I see it as like an extrapolation of what Cindy Lou Who represented in the first Grinch show or the first Grinch movie. And honestly, I feel like that one was based only on the book, like all the all the dialogue was just text. But yeah, you know, that might be something kind of like Rudolph where originally, well, I mean, did we, we didn't really get the Grinch's point of view until the second movie. It was just like, this guy's an asshole. He's a bad banana with a greasy black peel. And I wouldn't touch you with the 39 and a half foot pole. Like that's what we got from him. That's a little biased if you ask me. So it wasn't until Jim Carrey came around that we actually got to see his point of view. I want to see that movie with Rudolph. I'm sick of focusing on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I want to see a movie by like Blitzen or something where they talk about their point of view. I want to find out what actually happened. Let's hear some origin stories on these guys. I'd also like to remind you that Rudolph was invented as a way to sell Christmas toys. Like Rudolph was part of a... Uh, uh, store circular. Is that really what happened? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. Are you about to ruin my childhood, you bitch? How am I ruining your childhood if you are already like, Rudolph is a prick? No, but like, okay. Valid point, but I'm still telling dad. Dad knows. And this other song that Shannon sent me, Happy Birthday Jesus, A Child's Prayer by Patty Page. <laughs> I thought it was just like an introduction, but no, it's like the whole ass song. And it is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. And I went to Catholic school for seven years. I have heard every Jesus prayer there is. And this was the most depressing shit I've ever heard. Don't listen. It's just awful. So you've never heard the Christmas shoes is what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> I probably have, but it's not ringing a bell right now. Um, Christmas shoes is the one where... <laughs> 
<laughs> and I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> That's going to make me laugh even more. It's just such a terrible premise. This little girl, uh, she's asking Santa to bring her some fancy shoes for her mom so she can wear them when she meets Jesus tonight because she's been sick for a long time. What the fuck? I know. Why? It's the worst. And they have like a kid's chorus at one point. Little girl sing, Mama meets Jesus tonight. Like, okay, so... Are you even going to get these shoes in time? Is she dying on Christmas Eve? How do you know that? That's a very valid point. Why are you talking to Santa? Oh, Go be with God. your mom. Fuck that song. Oh, I was looking up the origin of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And yeah, it was a booklet printed for Montgomery Ward around Christmas time. Really? So like before... That claymation bullshit came out and like before the song and all of that, it all just started. So he's basically like the Gecko Geico or like that fucking snarf thing from Domino's. What was his name? Or the the nude or the Drew What the fuck was his name? The nude. Tell me you don't- oh my god, it was <laughs> no, the noid. That, that is- the Noid! I was close. I knew you knew what I was talking about, but so basically Rudolph is like that bullshit. He's the, he's the Limu Emu. Yeah. Oh my god, that's bullshit. Sorry, dude. I'm still telling dad. Telling mom, too. You guys hear that? Shannon ruined Christmas. Now, would you say this is as bad or worse than when I told you Santa Claus was actually mom? I don't, I don't remember you actually telling me that. I, I, I feel like I kind of figured it out and like, I probably asked you just, I'm just guessing with like how our entire childhood went. It was probably like, I had my suspicions and I was like, Shannon, something ain't right. Tell me what's going on. But I do, I do distinctly remember you pointing out that mom and Santa had the same handwriting so I don't know if that's because I asked you and you were like, well, think about it. Or if you just flat out was like, oh, dude, I really hope it's that way. Because for years, I, I feel like you offhandedly once said that I told you Santa wasn't real and that it was mom and dad. And I felt like such a urethra about it. So to hear this version now, I'm ready to go with that one. Okay. Well, just because I said you did that doesn't mean that like you actually did that. I used to all also say like you were adopted and I used to say all kinds of shit about you. Remember? I am pretty gullible. <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. It's like, why do you think mom's maiden name is on your birth certificate? And you, like, didn't even realize that that was normal until you had to put your maiden name on your son's birth certificate. How many government documents had I been filling out at that point? How did you even know? I have no idea. I have no idea. But, yeah, I was like, you're a bastard. And when I, when I told mom that, she laughed and she's like, oh, you kids. I'm like, kids, mom, Shannon was like 27 at the time. The fuck do you mean, kids? Oh, fuck off. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Dude, yes, you were. You were definitely old enough to drink alcohol when this happened. Oh, you are a lying liar, the mayor of Liartown. <laughs> okay, well, you told me Santa's not real, so we're even. 
you didn't even wholeheartedly believe that three minutes ago. So I'm not taking, no, no, you're still the jerk in this situation. Either way, I distinctly remember, and I don't know if this came from me asking you or you just telling me, but I definitely remember it was like CSI O'Shaughnessy's house and Shannon was like <laughs> conducting a handwriting sample between mom and Santa Claus and like showed me all her evidence. Dude, that's exactly what happened. I got a book in my stocking and I remember it. It was The Owl and the Pussycat because that's the cutest little story that makes oh no sense. Oh my God, that was my jam. Yeah. So I got that book in my stocking and it said, to Shannon from Santa Claus. Oh. And I was like, oh, why does Santa have the same handwriting as my mom? So I wonder how long you waited until you pointed that out to me. Well, I was like six. Okay, so I would have been like two. So I'm sure you yes. you held on to that on your own for like many years until you were like, guys, I think you're old enough to know now. <laughs> it's probably what I was like, okay. I've been hanging on to this one. All right, hold on one second. My cat's being a crackhead. All right, so mom and dad, obviously, they, they sent me a box of my Christmas presents. So, you know, I joke around that like, Oh, don't forget your grand cat because like I don't have kids and I have cats. I'm a fucking loser. So whatever. That doesn't that's not her fault. That's not the cat's fault. I feel like I feel like you made the economical choice. Oh, I really did. I know. And it's fantastic too. I don't have to worry about like a babysitter. I'm just like, okay, there's a bowl of food. Stay off the fucking table. I'll be back tomorrow. Bam. Nobody calls child services. I'm fine. But Anyway, so I always give them shit. Hey, just because you don't have human grandchildren doesn't mean you don't have to pay attention to your grandcats. And I'm obviously not serious. I'm not a fucking psychopath. But, you know, I just like to be silly. But anyway, so mom, mom texts me like, oh, I sent out Benny's present and there's something in the box for you too. Like, oh, thanks. So anyway, I get my present and there's, there's this little like catnip puppet and it's a donkey. And I just get it, gave it to Benny and I let her unwrap it. And she is so strung out right now on the nip. And she's playing with this donkey thing and she swatted him. And I guess she slid him under the door into the hallway. And now she's like at the door, like scratching at it, like with her trying to get her paws under it so she can get to him. And I wish you had just seen the, the horrible time she was having. So I had to get up and open the door. The donkey was like stuck under the door. She's good now, in case anybody was wondering. Okay, so I mean, we live in a sober household. So I normally don't condone the cats doing drugs. But, you know, since it's a holiday and it came from grandma and grandpa, I should let her. But she's acting a little crazy right now. I don't know if I can handle this. I mean, at least she's not doing it on the streets. That's true. That's She's safe in your house. That's very true. I would hate for her to be just out there learning about it from the alley cats. We don't even have an alley. There's no cats out there. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's not, it's not like Rum Tum Tugger is going to come up and start singing to her about catnip. I fucking wish Rum Tum Tugger would. I wish he would. He is a curious cat. Imagining cats walking out, snapping out of the alley. <laughs> all West Side Story. Exactly. Now I'm just getting all my musicals mixed up. Maybe I'm high on catnip. All right. So talking about some movies. My favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. Obviously. 
you've got everything. You've got action. You've got comedy. You've got, you know, a little bit of romance. This family comes back together. They were torn apart, divorced, West Coast, the East Coast, all of this crazy shit. And then, I mean, there's also like terrorists. But what makes me so mad about this is that Bruce Willis went on record saying that it is not a Christmas movie. And to him, I say, what the hell do you know, Bruce Willis? You didn't write the movie. You know what? Maybe Bruce Willis is the authority on Die Hard, but I'm not buying it. I I think we need to get some more investigation. We need to talk to the directors, the screenwriters, all these guys, because there is no way it's not a Christmas movie. It all takes place at a Christmas party. Christmas music is playing. The whole reason he's even at Nakatomi Tower is because it's Christmas. Tell me how it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, dude, even the original story in the book, I think, takes place on, like, Christmas Eve. Or was there, like, an original book story, like, adapted from a novel? Yes, this was adapted from a novel. Get the fuck out of here, really? But it was originally, before the movie came out, there was a Die Hard book? I mean, it wasn't called Die Hard. Hold on. Nothing Lasts Forever, 1979, action thriller novel. Even Cold November Rain? Going to get back to that, guys. All right. And so I've also heard that Home Alone was originally pitched as a children's version of Die Hard. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. I don't remember where I heard that. Maybe I heard it from me saying it, but I'm pretty sure that the directors were trying to like make a PG version of that. And I could totally see it. I mean, his house is like Nakatomi Plaza and he's like, Dig booby traps instead of like taping a gun to his back and like I get it and I I'm I'm okay for it I I, I mean I don't remember him saying like yippee kaye or anything like that I don't remember any like official nods to Die Hard but I feel like even though it wasn't like directly adapted I feel like that was the original pitch in the meeting room was like this is a kid's Die Hard with lots of opportunities to promote toys. Hello, sponsors. Brought to you by Nerf. Oh, yeah. And brought to you by, what was that thing where he recorded? Oh, no, that was Home Alone 2 with like the recording thing. Oh, yeah. There was the recording thing in that, in the second one. And then- Was that the talk boy? I think so. And then like the third one, it was like RC cars or something. And oh my God, was it? My roommate, he ordered pizza the other day and was like, oh, here's the money and give the change as a tip. And I'm like, you know how badly I wanted to just be like, keep the change, you filthy animal. But then realizing that like it's Christmas time and he's a pizza delivery guy and he's probably heard that like 50,000 times and he's probably just like fucking kill me already. Thank you. Come on, January. (laughs) He's like, oh, like, Whenever I'm waiting on a customer, I'm like, oh, what can I get for you? And they're like, a million (laughs) dollars. I've never heard that before. Yeah, let me just grab that out of my wallet because I just have extra millions. And that's why I'm making you Long Island iced tea, you fucking garbage monster. (laughs) Can't. Okay, so, all right. Do you have any feelings about Die Hard? I think it's super fun. And I believe wholeheartedly it is a Christmas movie. How is it not? Like, what do you think makes... A, like, okay, so we we decided that Baby It's Cold Outside is not a Christmas song. So, like, what are the requirements for being included in the Christmas genre? I mean, obviously, Christmas music, 
reference to Santa Claus, reindeer elves giving gifts. Yeah, I don't think it has to be like all saccharine and talking about being selfless and the spirit of Christmas. I think simply being set at Christmas makes something a Christmas movie. I mean, Krampus is a Christmas movie. Oh, no, we're not doing that. No, I I would like to sleep tonight. Thank you. Okay, but I will stay on record as saying that is a Christmas movie. Not a feel-good movie at all. True, true. Okay, valid. Okay, so, I mean, some people say that Gremlins is not a Christmas movie. How do you feel about that? I feel they are wrong, and I would like to talk to them about it. (laughs) I would like to give them a firm talking to with a finger shaking. Because... The Mogwai is a Christmas gift. So right there. All right. So what is your favorite Christmas movie, dude? Um, My all-time favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. And I'm not really going to go into it because it gives me the whole Chopping Onion vibes like The Color Purple did. Oh, yeah. No, we're not doing that. Okay. So... So let's just talk about like ridiculous Christmas songs. I mean, my I have my two favorite ridiculous Christmas songs are Christmas Time in Hollis and Dominic the Donkey. Now, Christmas in Hollis is a dope Solid song. Choices. Yeah, even if it wasn't a Christmas song, like it's still a dope song. And and you never steal from Santa cuz that ain't right. You know, there's still a message in it. It's not just talking about, you know, the macaroni and cheese and the collard greens and all the delicious Christmas food. It's it's still got a message. However, Dominic the Donkey, when that comes on, I am ridiculous. I will sing, I dance, I make the donkey noises, and I don't know what the fuck that song is about. There is no, like, moral to the story. It's just like... Oh, well, Italians don't use Santa's sleigh because of all the hills. So then you've got a donkey and chingity ching. Yeah, I don't know. Italians are weird. I don't understand that song, but it is my shit. Yeah, it is super silly. And I remember hearing it for the first time when I worked at Olive Garden. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I am completely on board with this. Oh, yeah. I smashed that like button right away. Right away. I subscribed. Don't get it, but I when that song comes on, it is like the opposite effect of when I hear Wham or Mariah Carey. Those make like my eyeballs roll so far back in my head and just make me cringe. Like it may as well be John Mayer on the radio. But <laughs> Dominic the Donkey, like I am just like ridiculous. I probably fucking gallop when it comes on. I said I sing and dance. It's probably like galloping. Yeah, I I love Christmas. Like I'm okay with being full bore Christmas the day after Thanksgiving. So I'm a little bit different than you in that respect. Like I I I love Christmas songs. I don't even know if I could really pick a favorite because I will belt out a lot of them. I feel like Melikaliki Maka is really up there though. <laughs> All right. If you listen to our Junior Jerks episode, then you heard us talk about our trip to New Orleans. Um, at one point in this trip, we had signed up for a scavenger hunt. And because we are a pair of Lisa Simpsons, we did all the extra side adventures for extra credit. 
And one of them was to go into a store and carol someone. And mind you, okay, first of all, caroling is a verb. We're supposed to carol at somebody. And it was August. It was August as fuck in Louisiana. Not Christmas time. Not even a little bit. But at least we set the scene properly and went to the Christmas store. We did. I killed two birds with one stone. You were looking for beignet ornaments. But anyway, true. I digress. That was that was a surprising disappointment not finding those. But it was great to find someone who would let us sing a Christmas song at him, and we sang Mili Kaleki Maka. And because I've loved this song for so long, I totally have choreography to it. Oh, yeah. We were like, when the palm trees sway, we were swaying. We were doing the whole jam. It was fantastic. We'll post the video. Uh, Nothing like Christmas caroling and sundresses drinking like frozen coffees. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? That song gets me in the spirit. Oh, hell yeah. How many strangers did we go up to like, okay, so we're doing a scavenger hunt. Do you mind if we just like record you? And they're like, um, uh, okay, sure. (laughs) Oh, what do we get for this? Nothing but good stories. Oh, yeah. No, we win nothing. How many times did I check that leaderboard to see how high up we got? But I mean, it was fantastic. You want to see like two middle-aged women like running around the park, like looking for props and just being ridiculous. Like there were so many times where we were laughing so hard. Like my stomach hurt. I was about to pee my pants. No joke. And not just because I'm old, but because shit was that funny. Dude, I feel like we actually watched videos of us like half an hour later and still found it hysterical. Dude, what are you talking about? I showed the alligator video to one of my coworkers like last week and I was still like <laughs> snorting laughing as I'm telling the story. It's like, wee wee, le bitch. Like I was like crying laughing, like, <laughs> like Urkel laughing at it. Like last week, dude. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay, so yeah. So there are some Christmas songs that are actually, like, really fucking depressing. Like, it's Christmas, baby, please come home. And you 2 did it, and the Eagles did it. And it's a fantastic song, but, like, it's really depressing as far as Christmas songs go. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is, like, I'm not even going to get into why those songs are bad, because that's going to be, like, you and It's a Wonderful Life. And I don't need to be feeling feelings right now, but, like... This is not the year that I want to hear depressing, sad, lonely, only Christmas songs. So Mariah Carey, you two, the Eagles, you can all eat a big peppermint dick. Another weird one is the do they know it's Christmas time at all? They, this was one of oh those. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if you weren't around in the 80s, there was this trend of like live aid and like saving the world and like. You know, obviously, I'm pretty sure Bono was involved in this as well. But Absolutely. Boy George, right? Oh, wait, this was about famine in Ethiopia. Okay, I actually thought it was about, like, AIDS. But I guess, no, no, that would have been, um, that was the one where... Oh, um, yeah, AIDS was later. Shit, what was the, the concert at the end of Bohemian Rhapsody? Was that Live Aid? 
Well, I don't remember. Okay, so that was the one for AIDS awareness. But anyway, so like in the 80s, it was really cool to do like these, let's put 750 celebrities into one song and then we'll like sell the album for proceeds to whatever the fuck we're talking about now. So apparently this was about famine in Ethiopia. So the people in this band were, um, why can't I find a list of this? Oh, apparently it was re according to Wikipedia in 2014, it was re-recorded for the Ebola crisis in West Africa. Didn't know that. Okay. I don't oh, care about uh, that. We're just finding out now. now. All right. Sting, Simon LeBon. That's the um, Duran Duran guy, right? Okay. Yeah. He's hungry like a wolf. Yeah. All right. Phil Collins. David Bowie, Paul McCartney. Uh, Siobhan Fahey from Bananarama. Cool in the gang. Oh, apparently there was a lot of cocaine and booze there. Weird. Uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. One Direction did a cover of it. Okay, so anyway, so so going back to the lyrics of this song, so it's one of those, like, let's save the world. So, okay, so in our world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. Throw your arms around the world at Christmas time. But say a prayer, pray for the ones. At Christmas time, it's hard. But when you're having fun, there's a world outside your window and it's a world of dread and fear. Where the only water flowing is a bitter sting of tears. Okay, that just took like a really depressing turn. And like, yeah, I love that line because it is so dark and unexpected because you've got that moment where it's like, hey, I know you're having a great time, but like not everyone has Christmas. so. Maybe just open your eyes a little wider. Then I was like, they have no water except what they cry. Right? I mean, that is so metal. But like, still, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas. Oh, yeah? Just, or any. just this Christmas? That's, <laughs> is this a new thing? Botto? Is that is that what we're raising awareness about? The drought in Africa? What about at the end where it's, he's like, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Like, hold on. I thought you were telling me to be aware of these people. Yeah, which one is it? Like, I get telling me to like, okay, let's be grateful that we have what we have and appreciate everything because there's people that don't. But like, you're telling me to feel bad that all they can drink is their own tears, but then you're just like, better them than me. Am I right, Sting? Like... <laughs> What the fuck? Which way are we going with this? And how did nobody notice this? Like, that song would have never come out today. They would get canceled immediately. They're like, no, we don't have room for irony in Christmas songs. And I, I get that it was probably said, like, ironically, like, so many people are just going to ignore it and say, oh, I'm glad it's them and not me. But, like, okay, like, raising awareness is one thing, but do you want me to go slit my fucking wrists? Like, calm down, buddy. It's like as effective as Sarah McLaughlin trying to get us to adopt puppies. Like, stop oh. it. We're all crying now and nobody's writing out a check, okay? Or what about, I'm pretty sure it's a Christmas standard. Do you hear what I hear? That song always weirds me out. Mm, yeah. Because it starts off with little boy hearing voices. <laughs> I see dead people. Right? And then you've got, what is it, one point where they're like, oh, this child is shivering in the cold. Let's bring him precious metals. 
How about a jacket? Like, I'm cold, bitch. Bring me some mittens with those little warmer pockets. Don't bring me frankincense and myrrh. All I have is hay and manure. The fuck am I going to do with some myrrh? What even is myrrh? Do banks even exist yet? Is this an investment in my future? Because you know I'm not going to college. My dad's got other plans for me. Yeah, he's going to go in the family. No, not his dad. Like his stepdad was like, you're going to go in the family business of carpentry. Yeah, but I'm saying his dad had other plans. Oh, yeah. His dad was like, oh, yeah, don't get used to this whole corporal form and like being on earth. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, guys, in case we have to remind you, lots of years of Catholic school here. We have looked at it from every angle. And we had to go to mass. Remember that? We had first Friday mass. And that was aside from any of the religious holidays where we went to special mass. Oh, dude, remember midnight mass? I don't know why that was such a big thing. I think it might have been just like Catholics, like trying to out Catholic each other. Like, I'm going to the first mass available on Christmas Day because I love Jesus more than you do. Like, I think it was like the Catholic equivalent of putting up Christmas lights more than your neighbor. I don't know why midnight mass was such a big deal, but... I don't know if mom and dad were trying to like keep up with the Joneses, but they used to bribe us. It's like if we got up and we went to midnight mass and we kept our shit together, when we got home, everybody got to open up one gift before you fucked off and went to bed for a real Santa to come. So that's like my biggest memory is like, why were mom and dad always bribing us when we were kids? Like, were we such little shits that they had to be like, we will give you a present if you can just shut the fuck up for 90 minutes. All I remember about Midnight Mass is, yes, the promise of a gift afterwards and um, incense. Oh, yeah. The frankincense and myrrh. Ugh. It was like a mace, but not cool. Yeah, I'm sure now they have like one of those like glade time release things now. I'm sure that the Monsignor doesn't have to walk down the aisles slapping the metal thing. I don't know. I haven't been to church. In oh, a, no. Of, a long no, of time. course they do. It's all the pageantry. They have to. Speaking of pageantry, do you remember the Christmas pageant every year that our school put on <laughs> at the church? I, I remember, I think we, ha- we did some part of it like every year. But I remember being an angel. Were you Mary once? No, you were Mary. I was Mary? I think so. I was always an angel because I liked the cool dance and the halo. I was always an angel. But like, I feel like you were Mary and Michael was Joseph. But that's kind of fucked up. I know. I mean, probably not, the, probably not the same year. I know Michael was Joseph at one point. But I just thought it was cool that I got to wear ballet slippers and like a halo. Oh, right. I was totally cool with always being an angel. But we're, no, you were Mary one year. You had to have been. I feel like I remember seeing you wear blue. (laughs) I mean, like in a manger, not just like wear blue altogether, like wear that blue outfit. (laughs) Maybe I should have said the manger thing. (laughs) No, I totally imagined it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't recall that at all. Okay, we're, we're going to have to get- But it also sounds a lot more boring than getting to wear ballet slippers. So maybe I was just like, yeah, I'll fucking be Mary, whatever. How long is this going to take? <laughs> I get a present afterwards, right? I'm in. <gasps> oh, man, church. 
That's so funny. <laughs> so, all right. So we talked about ridiculous Christmas songs. Oh, by the way, dude, I just want to, I know that we said that this one wasn't going to really be a PSA, but I need to just put this out into the world. I was talking to one of my coworkers about like, Hey, what do you, what are your favorite Christmas songs? Just like trying to get ideas for the show. And we were looking them up and I was like, Oh, Kanye West has this Christmas song with Cameron. Like, how did this get past me? I love Cameron. So me and my coworker were listening to it and dude, we didn't even get like 30 seconds into it. And me and him just both looked at each other. We were just like, Nope, Nope. And he's like, man, turn that shit off. It was, so bad. Like you're going to see the names and you're going to think, wow, this, you know, this is Kanye. How bad can it be? It's new Kanye bad. It's not. Oh, it got all experimental. Oh, when I saw Cameron, I thought, oh, well, Cameron hasn't been around for a while. Maybe this came out back before Kanye West lost his fucking mind. No, no. It is a steaming pile of dog crap. Just don't waste your time. And I know, just like the movie, you're probably listening to it right now because you're curious, but just don't. I I am looking it up right now. Oh, dude, you're totally going to regret it. All right. So do you remember the New Kids on the Block Christmas album? Yeah, there was a song about Santa like burning his ass. Yeah. You left the fire burning and I burned my butt. Yeah, it was fantastic. What was, but what was like the main song from that? Do you remember like a couple of years ago, mom? brought me that CD for Christmas like a couple of years ago when I was living in Florida with you. Remember, we had just seen them in concert. But I always love telling people the story about like how me and my sister went to see New Kids on the Block in concert and how it was so exciting and fun. And now I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We were like 30. (laughs) In our 30s. This was not in the 90s. Like we were old enough to drink and we drank. I had already had a child. (laughs) Like we were so adults. Okay. So, but yeah, when I was living in Florida and remember mom had bought me that Christmas soundtrack, but now I can't remember what was even the song on there. Hold on. Let me, cause they had like a single off of that. No, that's what was Santa burning his butt. No, I think it's I'll be missing you at Christmas. No, you're thinking of I'll be loving you forever. You're right. That's what you're thinking of. Okay. Have a funky, funky Christmas. Yes! That was it! Okay, so don't worry. Not everyone's Cup of Tea fans. We will have a playlist for you on Spotify of all of our ridiculousness, and you can listen to it, you know, obviously when you're done listening to our podcast. But you, this will help you get through the holidays. Because even if you're like, oh, this is fun. Or you're like, what the dick are they talking about? Like, what is this song? Like, maybe we might have ruined some songs that were just once innocuous and cheery and made them, like, really fucked up. So, uh, trying to think of some others. Oh, the Kinks. The Father Christmas. Oh, Father Christmas. Give us some money. So, like, basically, like, robbing Santa? Yeah, they're they're... I mean, basically, they were robbing some guy who was collecting money dressed as Santa. So, like, the Salvation Army guy? Kind of. But what they're saying is... That's even worse! I know, but hold on a second. But what they were saying was, hey, we're fucking poor. I don't want toys. Toys can go to the rich kids who don't need to worry about not having money. You know what would be cool? Can you give my dad a job for Christmas? That'd be fantastic. That's the basis of the story. Oh, okay. Well, I guess, okay. Well, when you say it that way, 
now I feel bad for talking shit because it's actually kind of a nice sentiment. I mean, we should always talk shit, though, because they are beating up someone dressed as Santa. Oh, yeah, that's true. But regardless of their motives, that's true. Um, At least, I mean, you should never beat up Santa because apparently I just learned from Sonic Youth that Santa doesn't cop out on dope. Oh, yeah. Santa's straight edge. Oh, yeah. No, totally. That's awesome. What I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Okay. So like, are they basically saying that, oh, shit, like Santa Claus is your dad and like you're a kid and you don't believe like you don't know that like Santa Claus is your dad? Or is this like some scandalous shit? Like is Santa coming down the chimney and like trying to get with your mom? So like, what do you think is going on in this story? I'm going to look up the lyrics now. I think a lot of times we don't really listen to Christmas songs. We just kind of like sing along with them because yeah, it took me a while to think about like, all right, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Why is that okay? And then, yeah, obviously it's the kid's dad dressed up to like give him a Christmas experience, but why are you okay with that? And I'm pretty sure in the song, the kid's like, oh, I cannot wait to tell my dad. He said, oh, what a laugh it would have been if daddy had only seen. Like, why is that funny to you, kid? Like, That's, that's not funny. So as an adult, like, it's cute that the kid thought that mom was really kissing Santa Claus, really, like, that's your dad. But, like, you were totally cool with it. He's like, dope. They're going to get divorced two Christmases. It's like in 30 Rock when uh, Jack Donaghy realizes that his mom was dating um, the guy who owned FAO Schwartz to make sure they had Christmas presents. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I found some weird ones. I would like to say thank you to John Waters for having a Christmas album. Oh, yeah. That's where you got the Here Comes Fatty Claus, huh? Here Comes Fatty Claus has a fantastic chorus. It's, um, here comes Fatty with his sack of shit <laughs> and all his goddamn reindeer. And yeah, it's, it, it kind of catches you off guard, but it's talking about how Christmas is such a materialistic time now. Like, oh, I've got to spend $9 million on presents. See, and when you said that, I'm picturing that through the eyes of like any mall employee on Christmas Eve that's just like... All right, Santa, cool. Bring your shit. I'm done with this. Like being just over it. Yeah, I was talking to someone at work about Christmas songs, and he was saying that one of his uh, all-time favorites is A Few of My Favorite Things, The Sound of Music. And he was like, I was listening to it recently, and could you imagine any kid these days getting happy about like a brown paper package wrapped up in strings? Kids these days don't, I mean, I mean, even I, I mean, well, no, that's not true because I'm like, oh, that's such pretty wrapping paper. That's fun. <laughs> oh, I know. You do always have the greatest wrapping paper, Shannon. I love I... Warhol Christmas wrapping paper. Yeah, that was pretty great. I got that just for you. Oh, dude. I did. I'm so happy I found it. And it was double-sided. Yes, um, I loved that. So, yeah, I understand that the perspective of it and that's we went through all those things we're talking about them like yeah i understand why at the time this song was written those were like remarkable little moments you know like they're simple things like it doesn't have to be complicated to be something that you can appreciate but we've kind of gotten away from that 
Like now it's what's under the paper, you know, or what's in the stock. Oh, that just makes it. I was just watching. um, Have you ever seen Young Rock? No. Okay. So it's The Rock and it's like 20 years from now and The Rock is running for president, which like sign me up. I'll vote for that. But anyway, so he's reflecting back on his life. So they have like Rock as a little kid and then Rock in high school and then him in college. And so they just, a new episode I just watched, it was the Christmas special. And so it was kind of like the, um, like the Christmas carol. So it's the, the three ghosts visit him. So basically like little kid rock is so pissed off because he wants a cabbage patch kid for Christmas and his mom like cannot find a cabbage patch kid. So she ends up getting him like a radish baby or some kind of knockoff. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like pissed. So then he's visited by like the ghost of teenage rock or whatever. And then like college rock and they come in and like show him different parts of his life. And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But like at, at the end, it kind of comes back to, and they're in real time and like little kid rock, he like realizes what's really important about Christmas. And he's like no longer pissed that he got like the knockoff radish baby or whatever the fuck it was. But then he's like, Hey mom, dad, I love it. I love the fact that you spent so much time and went all over the world trying to find me the number one toy. Like this is fantastic. Thank you. So he was like, went from being mad that his mom got him a knockoff to being like, so grateful that his parents like gave a shit enough to like go all and like if you're not old like me and Shannon you may not realize the craze that really did happen IRL with these goddamn Cabbage Patch Kids and I'm sure that we I believe Shannon is at young Dwayne age and I'm pretty sure that we wanted those little fucking things and mom had to go crazy and get them for us I'm almost positive we had real ones and not radish babies so for that i'm grateful but like we had we had real ones and to make sure that we didn't fight about them they got two sets of twins do you remember that no i don't remember that they got two sets of twins and gave us each one of the twins well, that's bullshit because I'm younger and cuter and should have gotten the better one. I don't know why. Yeah, they but the, yeah, but the younger one was bald and the older one had uh, delightful brown hair. Shut up. You're bald. <laughs> so is your face. Good. I would like to say that my favorite part of you telling that story was when you first said little kid rock. It took me a second to remember those were three different words. And I imagined a junior version of Kid Rock. And I was like, how does this play in? (laughs) No, we're not talking about Kid Rock. We're talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I got it, dude. But at first I was like, they knew each other? (laughs) Why is he visiting the Rock in his dreams? Are they cousins? Is it Kid Rock and Dwayne Rock? But yeah, so it 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 was cute. I mean, obviously it's kind of a corny show, but it's adorable. And I mean, it's The Rock. So, any other Christmas movies, good, bad, or ugly, that you would like to talk about, or any that just straight up confuse you that you feel like you need to discuss in a public forum? Um, this is embarrassing to say because I feel like it's a family favorite, but I don't think I've ever seen The Ref. Oh my god! Oh well, real quick before I talk about The Ref, 
I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Shut your face. I, I feel like it was one of those things that like mom pushed really hard and I was always like anti whatever mom wanted to do. So I feel like I just didn't watch it like just to be rebellious. But then somehow I just never did. I'm sorry. Are you mad at me? I don't even me? know how to process. No, no, no. I, I don't even know how to process did, it. Did you just block me? I unsubscribed real quick and I was like, all right, let's not be harsh. Okay. Like, I feel like I would totally watch it now if you didn't just tell me how fucking sad it was. I don't think I can sign up for that. Oh, it is sappy as shit, dude. Yeah. If I've got to purposely watch a movie that I know is going to make cry, I'm watching Rudy or, or Armageddon. Oh, yeah. See, those don't do it for me. Yeah, it's oh, it's a wonderful yeah. life or the color purple. Oh yeah, no color purple, definitely. No, no, we're not we're not going into that again. No, it's just, it's super sweet, but because I've seen it a million times, I typically am not a very emotive person. So this was like my annual cry. Like I don't cry <laughs> at commercials. It just things don't really get me that way. But it's a wonderful life does like the credits and i don't even just mean like the regular credits they're like straight up title cards because this co- this movie came out in what like 1937 or something so they're straight yeah, it was like title the first cards movie ever and uh yeah i i start crying then all right so now we both made our confessions i think mine is probably a little bit more shameful than yours i think the ref is Kind of like a deep cut. I, I know that was like a, a big one in our family, but I don't know that it's like a Christmas staple. But for those of you who haven't seen it, it's Dennis Leary, who was like the funniest guy in the 90s. And he's what, like a cat burglar? And he's trying to rob this house, but he ends up like, he's like, I, I don't know. He's like on the run from the law or something. And he ends up at this family's house and he like hides out there and he takes him hostage so that he can like, there's a manhunt. They shut down the town. So he needs somewhere to hide. So he like jumps into this family's house, holds them all hostage, but they're like having Christmas, but they're just like the worst family. And he's almost kind of to the point where it's like, fuck this. I'll, I guess I'll just go to jail. Like that might actually be better. The family is just awful, but it, it's a funny movie. And I'm, you know, I'm going to watch the shit out of that tonight. I also don't know that I've ever seen Miracle on 34th Street. You know what? I don't think I have either. I'm like aware of it. Yeah. Like I live on earth. Right. Like I do know that 34th street refers to Macy's and that's where the miracle happened. And that's where like Santa Claus was in the store. Am I wrong? Am I totally wrong? No, it was like, uh, yeah, he was Santa got a job as like a department store Santa and some like precocious girl didn't think that Santa exists. And I feel like Santa went on trial. Wait, wasn't her name Virginia? Yeah. Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. That came from a newspaper, right? In like the 1800s, some girl wrote in asking about Santa. I just know because I used to work on 42nd Street. So like every time I walked by Macy's Herald Square, I'd be like, Miracle on 34th Street. I wonder if that's what the movie's about. And I mean, they could actually, it could be Madison Square Garden. The Miracle on 34th Street could be like, I don't know, the Knicks one or something. I guess it depends on the time of year. (laughs) That's true. That is very true. So I guess we'll never know. I like to think that the movie's actually just going to be about the Knicks. All right, so we talked about Christmas movies, Christmas songs. Let's just talk about, like, shit we do for Christmas, like, traditions, like, you know, the employee Christmas party. And, you know, we had one of those. We did we did some karaoke. We did a, like, 
guess how many gingerbread are in this jar and someone went to prize, you know, all that basic shit. And the white elephant. Now, this is something that I have never understood because it's like, okay, you're already with your coworkers and there's usually only like a handful of people that you actually like in real life. And most of these people that you're just kind of like, okay, like I know your name and like, I don't like know your life though. We're not like homies. I really have like no vested interest in your life except for the fact that like we work together. So it's like this white elephant thing kind of like pits you against people that you really didn't give a fuck about in the first place. And now you're just like trying not to be a dick because you want to take their, I don't know, waffle maker. Yeah. I hate when people are like, oh, uh, whose gift am I going to steal? Like, oh, just, just, I know you're going to take my gift. Just take it and get on with life. Yeah, my company, we we did something different this year, but usually we did the whole white elephant thing, you know? But there was one woman who insisted on making it weird and not in a fun way. Like, I'm all for things being weird, but she tried to insist that you gave terrible gifts. And I don't mean like ridiculous novelty gifts. I mean, like she would give used gift cards that had like $2 on it. Or like a scratched lottery ticket. I'm like, you're that's not that's not a funny, weird gift. That's just garbage that you wrapped up. Shannon, I feel like you should tell everyone her name and if you have her email address or maybe her home address, phone number, any <laughs> identifying information about her, because she sounds like a garbage human. Like that's not even funny. Like getting a gag gift is one thing, but you're just like that's like just fucking cruel. That's like you just didn't want to recycle it. And you just found it in your purse and you were like, this will be funny. Or if like, everybody was on board with giving, you know, like pseudo trash, then it could be like, all right, who's going to give the worst piece of trash? But if you're the only one giving trash, you're a jerk. Like, do you know how mad I would be if I like got a Starbucks gift card. And like now I don't normally go to Starbucks. It's kind of like a treat for me. So like if I said, oh, okay, well, you know, I got a gift card. So I'll go there and order some $7 bullshit. And then I get up there and they're like, your card doesn't work. And now they've already made my drink. There's a line behind me. Now I'm paying. You cost me money. This joke cost me money. Like now I'm mad and I'm out $7 plus tip. Like that is a total dick And move. you're probably not even there to see it play out. So what are you, act- right? are you actually getting anything out of this? Or is it just like, Oh, I mean, the garbage can's so far away. I'd rather just put paper and tape on this. What kind of sadistic shit is that? Like, lady, you are the actual worst. There was this woman I used to work with at my old job, and she is just like the actual worst human. If you told me right now that this woman moved to Tampa, I'd be like, she is absolutely the same person that did that (laughs) at your Christmas party. She was the type of person that would like get gifts so that she could like brag to other people about getting you gifts. But she'd get like garbage. And she kept like going on and on, like telling everybody else we work with, like, oh, you should see what I got, Aaron. They were just so darling. And I'm like, oh my God, stop sucking your own dick. Like nobody cares. It was, oh God, she was the actual worst. But like, if you don't get me a gift because you just feel obligated because we work together, like, don't get me anything like, I I don't know. I am not very big on like the obligation gifts. Like, oh, you're 
you're dating my sister. Now I have to get you something for Christmas. Those are the worst gifts and they're the worst to get. Whenever you get like an awkward, like last minute, we didn't realize you were coming and we had to get you something so you wouldn't feel left out. It's always like garbage. I would rather get nothing. I know I sound like such a piece of shit, but like knowing that like, oh, well, this isn't really my family. Like nobody got me anything. That's cool. It's not about the gifts. I would rather like accept that rejection than have to sit there and like pretend that your gift is cool. And like, I I, I don't know. I, I know I sound like a dick saying this, but I am a huge fan of getting stuff because I saw it and I thought of you at any time of the year. So like, even though I sound like a piece of shit, if you know me, I am always just like randomly sending gifts to my friends. Like for instance, there's, there's this coffee shop in our town that gives up, gives out stickers on the first of every month. And one of my friends moved out of state and she's like, Oh no, I won't be able to go and get their stickers every month. So every month on the first, I go and I get some coffee from them. I get stickers and I send them on the, in the mail to her. Not because I'm obligated, but like those are the kind of gifts I like to give and to receive. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying don't buy me Christmas presents. Let's not get crazy. Cause I know it sounds shitty, but I'm not like, you know how they say it's the thought that counts. Well, if there's no thought, then don't fucking bother. Like, I mean, Shannon, how many times have I just like randomly seen some random shit on Amazon and like sent it Right. No, I, I completely agree with you. It is so much more uncomfortable to open what you call like a gift of obligation because it. I love giving gifts. I love Christmas. And yeah, I sometimes I go a little crazy and I put too many things under the tree, but that's just because I love seeing people open presents. I love finding something that made me think of you and- like, I think you'll be happy to have that in your life, you know? Oh my God. I love when I get a gift and I'm like, I can't wait to see them open this up like in front of the whole family. I don't want to get someone a gift just so they can be like, thanks. Um, I love green. Yeah. That doesn't give me any joy. I'd rather just not get you anything. You'll get something. If I like you, you'll get something at one point throughout the year. Well, and that's the thing too, is that like when someone gives you just like a, oh, well, you need to unwrap something type of present. You're like, man, that kind of robs me of the joy of looking for a present for you next time around. And again, it's not about like the time of year because yeah, same thing. If I find something, it makes me think of someone. I pick it up. I send it to them. I'm like, hey, something awesome is coming your way. And I would like to think, like, I wish I was capable of, you know, finding something cool throughout the year and saving it for Christmas so that I can give it to you then. But you know I can't keep secrets. You know, I'm like, Shannon, your Amazon package showed up at your door. Do you want to know what it is? (laughs) And you're like, no, I can literally walk to the door right now and get it. I'm like, you want me to tell you? Like, I cannot keep secrets. Dude, yeah, but I mean, when did you open your Christmas presents from me, though? Like two days ago? What day did they get here? I think two days ago. <laughs> I opened up my cat's Christmas present already. <laughs> I didn't I didn't tell her what it was though. I was just really nosy. I'm like, her gift better not fucking be better than mine. <laughs> it even said two cat Benatar from grandma and grandpa. I was like, this bitch. But 
know. I know we sound like a bunch of ungrateful shits, but I, I like, I want it to mean something. I don't want to be in the position where I'm like, why, thank you. This is such a lovely purchase you made for me. I want to be bowled over like, that is so stupid and so fun. And I love it. I don't want you to feel like you need to spend your money out of obligation for me. I would much rather just, you get me nothing on Christmas. And then just like one day in March, you're just like, oh my God, I was at Walmart and I saw this bullshit and it just made me laugh and I'm sending it to you. And I will be like, fuck yeah. Like that is my favorite kind of gift. That's, I I don't know. Maybe we're just weird like that. But I, I remember my ex-boyfriend used to be like, wow, you like buy lots of gifts for people. But it's just like randomly throughout the year, I'd be like, oh my God, I need to get this for Shannon. Like just like a fucking pair of socks or something. I don't know. I just think that's better. For the dish towels? Oh my God. Yeah, no. I, for a while, I kept seeing these like hilarious like food related pun dish towels. Like my favorite is uh, the whisk. It just says whip it good, which is how I, that's how I have to read it. Obviously, that's exactly how I bought it and sent it to you. Wait, what was the one? There was one that had like, don't go bake in my heart. Don't go bake in my heart no but it, this all started because there was like a biggie lyric on a towel oh oh my gosh i totally forgot about that one yes what was it um i love it when you call me big papaya oh that's right it was papayas i love it when you call me big papaya yes i died and i had to send that to you and then it just started like a ridiculous thing of finding like funny towels but you know what has to be my favorite one this was probably mike had just gotten back i think from his first deployment And he was stationed in Colorado Springs. And Shannon, I think you had only come out for a few days, but like you had to go home earlier and the rest of us were there for a few more days. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I got there after you guys because I had to work. Okay. So for some reason you weren't there on this day and we went to like downtown Colorado Springs and we were just looking at this like ridiculous little gift shop. And in there they had this cigarette dispensing machine and it was it was a donkey and you put the cigarettes in the pack on the donkey's back and then when you press the donkey's head down a cigarette pops right out of his butt and like his tail lifts up and the cigarette comes up but the funniest thing about that is that the this donkey just has the oh my god my ass hurts like bulging eyes and it was the funniest thing so me my brother and my parents saw this thing in the window and we were just laughing about it. And now I'm realizing that donkeys have come up like six times in this episode. So anyway, so me and my brother and my parents were just laughing. We're like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen it. Like, I hate that and I kind of want it too. And we were just laughing and laughing and laughing. Now, fast forward, like this was summertime. So later on that year, it's Christmas time. The whole family's back in Connecticut and we're opening up presents. I op- I'm opening up a present from Shannon and it's that <laughs> same fucking donkey cigarette dispenser. And we all look at each other like, wait, Shannon, wait, you weren't, you weren't there for that. And she's like, there for what? And then like the rest of us start dying laughing. And that's what makes it so funny is that like, Shannon also saw it and was like, this is ridiculous and I love this, but still like wasn't there for the moment when the rest of the family saw it. So like, it was like we were on the same wavelength and I loved it so much for that fact because as soon as I opened it, the whole family just like had a moment. They're like, wait, Shannon 
happened? How did you know about that? How did you know that that was like the funniest thing ever? She's like, I had no idea. I just like I saw it. It's great. We're like, shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I still have it. It is on my shelf right now. I will take a picture and post it, but I, I'll demonstrate and everything. But no, that's what was so fantastic about it is like the whole family was just like rolling on the floor laughing that like, we actually now own this in our home. And it was just so beautiful that like somehow Shannon had missed out on that moment, but didn't. And that that's, I always tell that like, that's probably my favorite gift ever. Oh, I love Christmas. Oh, I know. But like, I just, I just hate like the obligation that comes with like, work parties and like oh well now we have to give something to the mailman and like I'm so much better at birthdays than Christmas because Christmas I feel like okay what do you get I have to go and buy whatever's on your Amazon list and make sure that it gets to you by this day like I I just feel like so stressed out about it so like I hope whoever hears this doesn't get mad at me that your Christmas present is not going to be there in time this year and I'm sorry I I've had a lot going on (laughs) I'm much better with birthdays because it's one day, it's one person. I can focus on that one person and just like make it a special thing for you. I am not good at like remembering everybody at the same time. That's like a lot of stress. We should stop doing this to ourselves. No, I love it. I love the whirlwind of like, oh my gosh, that made me think of someone else. Or yeah, I just, I, I. No, I love the feeling that when I know that I got somebody the perfect gift. And I'm so excited about them getting their gift that I totally fucking forget that I'm getting a gift too. And I'm like, oh my God, I get stuff. I just wanted to watch you open your stuff. And then it's like Christmas. Oh, well, I mean, it, it is Christmas. But yeah, that's the exciting thing about it. When you're like, what? For me? Like you actually forget that you're getting gifts. I do that all the time, handing out gifts to the boy. I'm like, now open this one. Now open this one. What do you think of this one? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Sometimes it'll be like, you know, you have a pile of presents next to you. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to them. I'll get to them. Keep opening. Keep opening. Yeah. I don't need stuff. Okay. So, you know, I know that I come off as a little cynical. A little, but I mean, I do love Christmas and the town that we grew up in, in Connecticut is like the most Christmas place on earth. Like the little downtown cobblestones with the little street lamps. Like it looks like a Christmas card. Like this town looks like it lives in a snow globe. So I am all for traditional, wonderful Christmas, but I'm also not about, I know this sounds so cliche, but like the commercialism of it. I don't like the pressure of feeling like I have to do this right. You know, I I guess maybe now that we're older, it's more exciting that we get to be with family and we get to share things together and we get to laugh about it. And that's why we were saying like, you know, it's so fun to give gifts, but you know, not necessarily get them. I love that everybody like wants to feed you. Just like randomly people bring cookies into work and shit like that. Like I am not mad at that. Oh, that's the best. Oh, and I'm very happy about this new tradition of wearing ugly Christmas sweaters because it's like the more ridiculous, the better. But it's like you're being ridiculous on purpose and you're not taking yourself too seriously. That's what I love. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going home for Christmas. I mean, you know, my son grew up down here, so he doesn't he hasn't really seen snow that many times. So for him, it's still a novelty. And he loves the cold weather. Weird. It's so weird. I mean, once he drives, I'm sure he'll feel differently. But 
I have to say my favorite part is not having to do a FaceTime Christmas this year. Oh, thank God, Shannon. At least you'll be there this year. So when I FaceTime, you can hold the camera up for me. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Last year was a ridiculous debacle. (laughs) If I wasn't facing the tree and not looking at whoever was opening a gift and just hearing it off camera, um, my dad had his phone sitting on his leg, just, just face down. And all I could see was jeans. So to get someone's attention at one point, I just started singing, oh, Christmas me, oh, Christmas me. <laughs> she has sung that song on every birthday FaceTime we've had, every holiday our family has had. Somebody has been guilty of the oh, Christmas me again. Which I get it. We're so used to just putting our phones down and forgetting, but I, I want to see what's going on. <laughs> So yes, Shannon, thankfully, you'll remember and just hold the phone up or maybe just prop me up somewhere that I can see people, okay? Just just got a prop. <laughs> <laughs> just got a prop, that's all. But excited and I know that I'm such a nerd because even though you and I have gone on like 17 vacations this year, I've seen you so many times, I'm still like kind of butthurt that I'm not going home for Christmas, even though it was my decision. I said I went to see Shannon for Thanksgiving. I cannot take Christmas off as well. My job is actually really big on Christmas. So like, plus I'm going out of town. I'm going out of the country the week after for my birthday. So I'm like, I cannot do anything for Christmas. I can't travel. So, uh, but I'm still having serious FOMO that my brother and sister get to hang out together in Connecticut. And I don't like, (laughs) who the fuck do I think I am even getting jealous? Shut up and prepare for your tropical vacation. You selfish bitch. Like you have no business having FOMO right now. Like this is your decision. And I'm still just like, why am I always left out? Like, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just because I'm the youngest of the family. I'm always going to feel that way, even though it's completely irrational. But so I am going to be the one on FaceTime getting the Christmas knee this year. No, not on my watch. Not when you've got Santa Claus in charge. Oh, Santa Claus. Yes. Oh, well, dude. So we could probably go on and on about ridiculous Christmas traditions or music, songs, whatever. But, you know, we can save that for another episode. But for now, I just want to recap. Try listening to the lyrics, the actual lyrics of your favorite Christmas songs instead of just singing them. And maybe this year, check out some different movies that you didn't think were Christmas movies, like, you know, Die Hard and Gremlins. Most importantly, Christmas is about more than just gifts and decorations and holiday office parties. It's, you know, about appreciating your family. It's about being together. And, you know, just remember, thank God it's them and not us, right? All right. So this wasn't so much of a PSA as just us talking about things that we like and things we find weird. So I guess this episode was really for the Grinches and the Who's. If there's something that you think we should have talked about or something that you think we got totally wrong, Email us and tell us about it. Tell us why. We're always open to discussion and debate. Let's hear your side of it. Let's talk about it. If this has been your cup of tea, though, that's awesome. You're awesome. Merry Christmas. Subscribe to us, follow us, rate us, review us, all that good shit. Links are in the show notes. And tune into our next episode when we delve into controversial topics and provide the world with more PSAs. 
So whether this has been your cup of tea or not, either way, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye, dude. Bye, dude.